Welcome to Beating Cancer Daily. Beating stage four cancer for 30 years still takes my breath away every time I say it. I'm Saren, founder of the Comedy Cures Foundation, and I hope you'll join me for just a few minutes daily for the next 365 days so we may laugh, learn, maybe cry a little as we live our best days beating cancer daily together. Back by popular demand and taking beating cancer daily by storm. Today I have comedian Missy Hall. We are loving the feedback that we are getting on this special series that Missy and I are doing together. I just can't even tell you how cool it is that you really appreciate the comedian Missy Hall has decided to share her cancer journey live and real time with us here at Beating Cancer Daily. So I just want to introduce and thank Missy for coming again to Beating Cancer Daily and to urge you, if you're new to Beating Cancer Daily and you haven't heard the prior episodes with Missy. We have really taken this journey with her. So please go back and listen to them. Hi, Missy. Hello, Sarah. And I am so grateful and so happy to be back. Um, it, it makes me smile to hear that this is something that people are enjoying listening to. That really touches my heart. And I'm very grateful. Well, what's really beautiful is that as you are on stage with your comedy, you're so authentic and real and you are so funny. And so we are getting to watch you rediscover your sense of humor and bring that to the stage while you are actively going through this cancer journey. And it's just riveting that you would share this with us. And as a stage four cancer survivor, with no visible disease, I'm just reliving my entire journey with you and starting the Comedy Cures Foundation from my chemo chair and finding a way to tap into my comic perspective and then share it with the world. And now you're realizing that your comic perspective has even more value to the world now that you have come in contact with this entire cancer journey, and you're figuring it out with us on this podcast and on your own live Facebook show and through social media. So just want to give you a huge hug. I know we talk about very personal things with your journey, and I just want you to know that I'm grateful that you're doing this. So I can't wait to hear where you are in the process. I think you just finished radiation. I did. I just finished radiation and it was this, when I came out of the treatment room, my daughter and grandbaby were standing there waiting for me and Saren, they lived two hours away and I had no idea they were coming. So it was, a huge day and they made it. So of course I came out and burst into tears, you know, and I got to hold my grandbaby and ring the bell and it, it was amazing. Um, 
Wait, can I stop for a second and just explain? So ringing the bell is a tradition that started around the world where people finish a certain stage of their cancer treatment and they ring this bell and like victory and defiance and celebration. It really wasn't done when I was going through because you have to remember it's 20 four years now since I started the cancer journey, six years misdiagnosed and 21 years since I'm considered cancer free. But I would have loved to have done that bell because one of my favorite songs was, oh my dear, I can't sing it, but you know, ring my bell. (laughs) Ring my My bell. (laughs) Ring my bell. Yes. (laughs) I didn't know that that was a new thing. Again, again, I haven't had reason to think about those intricate parts until I was just dumped in the middle of it. And I remember on the first day of radiation, seeing the bell and somebody was ringing the bell. I was like, oh, that's the bell. Like, I'm going to get to ring that bell. And, um, it was, it was amazing. Um, again, such a tearful, like tearful thing. The nurses came out and cheered. It was, um, you bring up a really good point, uh, that every stage of this is emotional. And if you let yourself experience the different phases of it and celebrate each little victory, whether it's chemo, it's radiation, it's immunotherapy, it's surgery, whatever those little victories are, really celebrate them. You deserve it. You deserve to celebrate each and every moment. I know some people just race through it. We had an episode called Drive By where people just get it through it as fast as they can and just pretty much in a conscious effort to be in denial that this is their life and that there's no judgment if that's the way you want to do it. But I love the victory laps and the victory celebrations. I feel like it's for me. And again, I respect the way anybody needs to handle this. But for me, if I don't absorb it all and integrate it into my whole being, I don't feel like I'm honoring my body. And one of my biggest concerns is fighting with my body. Um, I don't want to fight with my body. I want to steward it through this and kind of follow the lead of the people who know what they're doing because my body and I have no clue, you know? Um, And that feels important to me. I also think that we come from a little bit of a different perspective because we're always observing culture and behaviors and cues and phrases from the universe and everyone around us because there's some part of our brain that is looking for some really cool authentic comedy material and We talked about this in another episode about how you were starting to really make those comedic connections again. And so did you get any good material out of radiation? Yeah, I did. I, um, you know, it was sweet. There were ladies, you know, you go the same time to radiation every day. So you start to see the same people in the waiting room. And I went into one lady, I'm like, good morning, sunshine. And she's like, you're chipper this morning. I'm like, no, this is fake this is fake chipper. (laughs) It struck me because she asked me what I do. And I told her a comedian 
uh, that I'm a comedian and her eyes filled up with tears. She's like, please tell me you're talking about this on stage. And I was like, oh, you bet I am. You bet I am. There were some times, you know, on the radiation table, I had to be laying with my arms above my head and my body cocked to the right and kind of arching my back. And I'd have to hold my breath for extended periods of time. And I told, you know, all of the girls that I was doing this practicing, like I was practicing for the Olympics and I would do like big holding my breath sessions. And um, so I was laughing about that. I'm like, okay, this skill is something you guys should be learning, right? Like everybody, (laughs) so like life skills 101, we all learn to march and jump and do all of these things for our hearts. But have you done the how long you can hold your breath test? Um, And just every day they had different gowns. So I would go in and you'd have to pick your gown out and wear it. And I had fun just like putting it on wrong and going in with my purse and my gown and, you know, I'd kind of strut around a little bit. I'm like, this is what their influencer is wearing today. (laughs) That's so cool because you were actually figuring a way to integrate physical humor into the hospital setting and physical humor is just another part of comedy. And if you've ever seen Missy perform, she's very physical and very animated on stage. So that's pretty cool that you started to just riff, you know, we, it's Mm -hmm. similar to jazz, you know, you just play around with concepts when you're developing comedy and what Missy's doing is such a brilliant strategy, not only as a comedian, but also just as a patient, just because for her, keeping things light and humorous and finding her funny in the situation is what's really comfortable for her. For somebody else, that might not be comfortable, but I suggest everyone try it, honestly. Even if you're not normally a funny person, when you are in those waiting rooms, listen for something funny that might out of context be hilarious. You know, if if you are in a waiting room and something goes on that's like a big oops goof, look to see if you can find the humor in that. If somebody's having a conversation and you're listening to it and it makes you laugh, then, you know, start a conversation and let the laughter out and bond over that moment of, of funny. Yes. There was, um, one woman that I was speaking with was retired. She's like, I feel bad complaining about having to come here every day. Cause it's all I have to do. I was like, yeah, as a comedian, I work about three hours a week. I feel bad complaining just as if it was written in a TV script. A woman comes in, she has a broken arm and is going through radiation. So I just looked at her. I'm like, wow, you have a broken arm. That really, it just doesn't feel fair that you have a broken arm too. She's like, I know. She's like, and I've got to go work a 10 hour shift after this. She's like, and I've got my six grandkids living with me. And I just looked at the other lady that I was like, I was like, okay, we're horrible people. (laughs) We're horrible people. We cannot tell this lady right here that we're tired, right? (laughs) Because she has a broken arm and radiation and a 10 hour shift, and then has to take care of six grandchildren, you know? And I was, 
but I was able to make the lady with the 10 hour shift laugh about that. Um, And it just brought some levity for me, you know, to have that example of, wow, I'm really not a rock star. (laughs) This lady's a rock star. It's Um, so beautiful. I, I know you cannot see Missy, but I get the benefit of seeing her on video also. And the watching your face light up when you get to share a little bit of your comic perspective and your humor with the people that you're coming into contact with. And then also thinking about the very first episode you did where you were rightly so just very fragile and just trying to get your arms around your diagnosis till now you're bringing joy to other people in the waiting room. What an evolution. I mean, some of us, it could take, you know, years to get to where you are. And it's like, you're just processing this in in such a beautiful way. And it doesn't mean that you're not crying or breaking down or feeling like, what is this new normal? But just watching these glimmers of just your personality just bounce back and you just doing what you feel comfortable doing, even if it's in a hospital waiting room. It's just so glorious. Thank you for sharing this with us. Sure. I mean, it's the same way that I used to talk to people in a nail salon, you know, and now it's just different. And um, it's helped me not feel so heavy and so scared. It's helped me also voice just ridiculous concerns. You know, I'm my cancer's breast cancer. So now one of my, my the the targeted breast has all kinds of rash and itching on it. And, you know, getting to just blurt out, not even jokes, but just like, is anybody else here more comfortable in this gown than your clothes? Like, I think that we should just be allowed to wear these all the time because this is much more comfortable, you know, and it's been helpful as I'm joking about it to also hear from other women, like, yeah, this is, this is uncomfortable. Um, And then, you know, finding out I didn't, well, I kind of realized, but my brain's just getting around it. You know, the effects of radiation are cumulative. So now that I'm done, I've, I, the worst of the effects are just starting. And that's a very, a very strange feeling, but getting to talk to women who were like, well, what day are you on? And we were all comparing our tired and our rashes and all of that. Um, That's a really interesting point. And I, I also want to say to the men who are listening, who might have breast cancer, I know that you have these same fatigue issues and you could be having that same rash that Missy is talking about. I know that there, there are a percentage of men who are dealing with breast cancer right now. So I just want to make sure you feel included in the conversation, but Missy, in terms of the fatigue. I know we've talked about this. I just created a few strategies and I'm not a doctor, but I did share with you the napping. I found that if I just napped uh, 10 to 20 minutes right after I went to radiation, that that helped me combat the fatigue. So if 
anybody wants to try that, even in your car before you start driving and going back to work, if you have to go back to work, which I did, that 10 to 20 minute nap right after radiation seemed to really mitigate the massive fatigue for me. And then the other thing that I did that I thought was really powerful was drinking eight ounces of water every hour. Now there's certain conditions where you should not drink that much water. So I would really say that anybody should talk to their medical team and say, is it safe for me to drink eight ounces of water every hour? But I found that if I avoided the acidic drinks and I really just was very conscious about drinking eight ounces from when I awakened in the morning until I went to sleep at night, that I had a lot less of the radiation side effects. So I just want to remind you of that and then also share it with you if you're listening to the podcast right now. The other thing is my personal fatigue hit about two weeks after. So it wasn't as dramatic as a lot of the people that I've met along the way, but I would say my my lowest point from an energy level was about two weeks. And you have to realize that to go through cancer, you are summoning so much of your adrenaline just to get through the day. Also to deal with all the surprises, there's just constant adrenaline hits. So when you've kind of hit it and you've gone through this one body of treatment, Sometimes you could do that post-treatment crash because you're just so relieved that you've gone through that. So it's really normal what you're experiencing. And I just want you to know, please take good care of you. You are the primary precious commodity right now. And for you at home, if you're listening to this, please know that self-care is just so critical at this point. It is. And I've been chugging water like there's no tomorrow and, you know, asking my doctors questions. I just started a Medicaid. And again, it ended up being hilarious because this whole time I assumed that, and my doctor, my oncologist assumed that I would be beginning tamoxifen, but we did blood work and it turns out I'm postmenopausal. And I was like, oh, well, there's a, there's a surprise. Um, I was like, when do the hot flashes stop then? And she's like, oh no, they could get worse on the medication. And I couldn't stop laughing. I'm like, I don't, I really don't feel like there is a worse, like I (laughs) feel like this is it. Um, so I, I started a new medication. Um, and I, during a, a normal exam, I had had some swollen glands or something that were very sore under my right armpit, which is the opposite side of where the cancer was. And I wasn't that concerned. You know, there's been surgery on both sides and stuff. I thought it was just some swollen glands. And they were like, yeah, but we do want to do an ultrasound. And so this was all on the same day. I find out I'm, I've got menopause. I'm like a postmenopausal. Then I've got these lumps. They're like, let's do an ultrasound. They were like, well, they're nothing to be concerned about. They're just like huge internal pimples. I'm like, 
armpit zits. I was like, I have menopause and armpit zits. Like, could I possibly get any sexier? Like with my rash. Wait, my- you're missing the nipple issue from the and last was, episode. I was going to say, so I have got armpit zits, crooked nipples, a rash now, and I'm postmenopausal. And, you know, I, I, it's just like, I'm, if you're looking for a sex symbol, like I'm right here, here I am. (laughs) It's been so ridiculous. So ridiculous. It's so fun to see you process using your sense of humor, especially (laughs) with what you just described, because we've all been there, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, there's just such a new normal with your body. And it it just brings me to a quote by Shakespeare that I have to inject right now. And then, Missy, will you promise to come back? Because I'm really enjoying. Yes, I absolutely do. And I do have a comic strategy, just a quick one that I do. I want to share with everybody too. So we can do that another time or we can I can tell you real quick now but um oh no I would I would take your comic strategy over Shakespeare any day girl well let's be clear I'm a huge Shakespeare fan like he's a good guy <laughs> but yeah, really seriously one of the things that I've just it's been on my heart to let people know um if you are in a place where you can't find funny or anything like this, one of the things that I've been finding, if I'm laying down napping and my brain's whirling all over the place, I go through every single letter of the alphabet and I try to think of a word that is funny for that. And like, oh, or I'll think, okay, what's a word I can't pronounce? Like with the letter W, Worcestershire, Worcestershire. And I focus on that something funny with every single letter of the alphabet. Just it takes my brain away from whatever I'm worrying about or losing sleep over or feeling sad. And I've told a couple people of that about that in person. They've said it's very helpful. So I just wanted to share it with with the Comedy Cures listeners because I I just feel like it's something you should have in your pocket. I love this and I've never done it and I'm going to actually try it tonight. I really, really love this concept. Can we think of a really fun name for this? If you have a really fun name for this alphabet game that Missy just suggested, you can go to the Comedy Cures Foundation and you can hit the record button and let me know or if you'd prefer to write it to us, just go to the contact menu and then write us a quick note. But Missy, if you think of a fun name for it, maybe we can reveal it on our next conversation that we have because this deserves a cool name. It does, You know what? It does deserve a name. It does deserve a name. It would be wonderful if somebody came up with one. If I think of one, I'll let you know if you think of one. And again, hate to diss Shakespeare, but I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's wanted, okay. Well, cause I was like, you know, there, there might be somebody that could use that immediately. And it just felt important to share it. If you haven't listened before, there are so many episodes of beating cancer daily 
that are on the comic perspective or tumor humor and how to develop yours. So you can go back and search them. I think we're heading towards 200 episodes now. And so there's just such a rich encyclopedia of content that you can explore, whether you're looking for motivation or inspiration or just humor or wisdom from one of our guests like Jackie Bryan, who's just such a phenomenal resource of information on how to keep your body healthy and safe, especially while you're going through treatment. And then of course, we have our episodes with Missy where she just is taking us on her cancer experience. And every time Missy, I learn something, I laugh, I just enjoy being in your presence and I'm so excited that you're going to come back again and share more comic perspective with us and also how you're doing and what challenges you're having. So if you want to learn more about Missy and her live Facebook show and her social media posts, go to comedycures.org and email us and we'll send you her full signature so you can find her every which way possible. And I know you have to go, Missy, because you are actually about to start an episode with your husband of your live Facebook show. Yes. Yes. I've got one of the things we'll be talking about tonight is the ways my uh, little mood swings have affected him (laughs) in our kitchen. (laughs) So I bet you if, if we say little mood swings, He'd be like, ha, 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 little mood swings. <laughs> All right. I love you, girl. Thank love you. Love you right so back. Thank much. you. Thank you. Have a blessed day, everyone. And I'll see you tomorrow. If you love today's episode, then tell the world. Why? Because Beating Cancer Daily and our membership circle are both a listener and donor supported experience. So the more people you tell and the more people that join us, the more robust and interesting programs our nonprofit, the Comedy Cures Foundation, can bring to you throughout the year. I really want you to go to comedycures.org. And of course, I always want you to make a donation. It's tax deductible to the extent allowed by law. But what's super exciting is not only can you laugh and explore the comedy there, you can look at our membership levels and find the one that's great for you. And if you're feeling a little bit generous, gift one to a chemo brother or sister or to a caregiver that you just want to help them improve the quality of their day. Thanks so much. See you tomorrow. Guess what time it is? It's time for me to read the disclaimer. Beating Cancer Daily and the Membership Circle are not in lieu of medical advice or treatment. They are for entertainment purposes only. Please consult your healthcare team to review your best strategy. Thanks for listening.